his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I was going to talk about something else to start the show, but I'm listening to Laura do the news, and she's talking about early voting and how early voting is underway here in Minnesota today. I hate early voting. I absolutely hate the idea of early voting. And I don't get it. I have no idea what would drive someone to go vote today or go vote next week instead of waiting for the actual election day. Welcome to Drive Time. It's Jason. It's Friday. What is what? Who are you people and what is wrong with you? Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Why do we even have an election day? What? Let's just it's an election season. We have turned our elections into the Macy's one day sale with the bonus day that starts Friday and then the bonus to the bonus day that starts Thursday. We have turned our elections into grand old day that is Saturday, Sunday. It's stupid. I think it's stupid. Yeah, if you're not going to be in town, you should be able to absentee vote. Fine. Although I got to be honest, like part of me thinks like the day is the day. If you can't get it done between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m., then you don't really care that much. But I will acknowledge that almost no one agrees with me on this. (laughs) I believe Election Day should be on the day and early voting should be maybe two weeks before. 651-461-9226. The primary election here in Minnesota is on March 5th. March 5th. Today is January 19th. What, why do we need to vote today? I mean, no offense, but the two front runners, both for president for the DFL in Minnesota and for the Republican Party in Minnesota. I don't know. And it, it's not like they're 46 years old and in peak physical condition. Yeah, you can go back and change your vote. I think that. So much can be revealed during a campaign and this, especially a primary election. I get it. If you're a Biden voter, you're probably not wavering like, "Uh, do I want to vote for Joe or do I want to vote for Trump? Like, okay, I get it. There are not that many people who are wavering between one side or the other. But when you're looking at a at a primary in your own party. As a Republican, are you you're done? You know who you're voting for. And as a Democrat. 
you're you're ready to say no chance I'm I'm voting for Biden or voting for Dean Phillips? I just think it's ridiculous. Six five one four six one nine two two six. That is your chance to tell me how dumb I am. Because I have a feeling <laughs> people like early voting. It's convenient. But everything doesn't have to be so convenient, does it? Can't we do something that takes like a tiny bit of effort? Janet, you're in Hopkins. Thank you for calling 651-461-9226. Janet, I've never really liked early voting. This is not a new position for me, but I don't know what it is about the 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 fact that we start so early that has me sort of fired up this afternoon. Well, I agree with you that it doesn't have to be quite so early. And I personally, I mean, I'm old. I'm over 70. I like going to the polls. Yeah, me it's too. I'm not I'm not that old Janet, but I like I like that the the kind of the page, the pageantry, I guess, or the tradition or the fact right, that right. today's the, the day the sticker and all. Yeah. Yes. But here's the thing. First, um, with older people, there is a weather issue. That's fair. That's Second, fair. there are people who are especially after covid like, oh, my goodness, what if I'm sick during mm. at the election day yeah. and I can't vote at all? So there's that. Yeah. And then there is the, con- you know, the convenience factor. It's for, and it's yeah, also yeah. like, it's, I'm sure yeah. there are states that now I don't know if you're aware of this, but the state of Colorado is mail-in voting statewide always and has been for yeah. years. Yeah. And because, I mean, you know, Colorado, I mean, like my brother lives in the mountains. Yeah. There could be a blizzard yeah. and he couldn't get out. That makes I sense. Mean, so, that does make sense for that. And uh, so from that standpoint, I think there's um, some really valid reasons for it. Now, voting five months early, six months early, probably not. Right. Um, too much can happen. I wouldn't do that. I mean, we're only um, like, we're but, what, like a, what, a month and a half early before Super Tuesday? That's when the primary is. So we're, we're what? Right. I think right. Laura our, sat at yeah, 50 days or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that makes sense. And, you know, people travel or, or whatever, but, but I think that there is that concern. It would certainly be a concern for me. Yeah. Like, what if I'm sick or I break a hip or something happens and I can't go vote? Yeah. That would be devastating. So there's don't my, there's don't my don't get sick, Janet. Just don't break a hip. I'm, it's very I'm simple. Hard at don't. that. <laughs> very good. Thanks I'm for coming. Hard at that. That's right. You should. You should. We're cheering for you. Thanks, Janet. Six five one four six one nine two two six. If you don't like early voting, don't do it as a texture. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Okay. For sure. Many do like it. Find it safe and convenient. Please don't use your platform to rain on the parade. You don't have to do it. All right. First of all, I will use my platform to rain on the parade. <laughs> I know I don't have to do it, but I actually think that this is bad for democracy. I think it's bad for democracy. It is getting people trained that you you make your decision early, you vote early, get it done. And now you unplug and pay no attention to really the meat of the campaign, which is starting to happen now. 
I am generally concerned that we are front-loading this primary process way too much, way too much. And some of this is because we have nationalized all of these issues. So no one's really pressing these candidates on what they would do for things uh, related to our state, our needs, our questions. Instead, every issue is national. Every candidate is saying the same stuff no no matter where they go. Most of us vote on Super Tuesday. So the fact is, like, we've had all these people already dropping out. Like, what what kind of real exploration of the candidates have we had? I, I think not much. And I, I, yes, you can go and change your vote. So if someone dies, you can go back in on Election Day and vote. And your election day vote, well, just imagine, like, the election fraud crowd, like, how much they'd lose their mind if a significant number of people went back and changed their vote in the early process. I just don't like it. We can make a decision on election day to make it convenient for people who may who may be worried about getting sick, which I honestly, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, not to sound callous, but, like, is that a real good reason to cast a vote a month and a half early? I I, I don't think so. That does sound callous. It sort of is callous. There's, there's, there's a little callousness there. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. If I didn't have to work, I'd ag- agree with you. One texter says voting should be a holiday. We'll, we'll revisit that conversation. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting conversation. I feel like here in Minnesota, we have so many protections to allow people to get away from the workplace and go vote. It is the law that you are allowed to leave your workplace to go vote. So I find it difficult that people can't go to the polls at 7 a.m. or go to the polls at 6 p.m. after work. Some people work at night, and so it's easier, right, to go at 10 in the morning, back when I worked at night. Some people work in the morning. I don't think most people work between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. Like, that is is a rarity. And if you're working that long of a day, uh, you can leave leave the office. Absentee voting should be a part of the process. If you're going to be out of town, if you're in active military, if you're off at college, and want to vote in your home instead of where your school is, I, I'm all for it. Do we really need to be voting this early? And even if the law allows it, why would you do it? Don't you, don't you want to wait a little longer, see what happens? What if we learn something just disqualifying about one of your favorite candidates? Or are we just at a point in society where we're not even open to what could disqualify some of these folks? That's a fair question, uh, given some of the folks running. I guess the approach that I would take to it, Jason, is you, you say it's bad for democracy. I say just the opposite. I think anything that increases the opportunity for people to participate in the voting process Legally, fair and square, all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anything that increases the opportunity for people to participate is great for democracy. It's that many more voices that are going to be involved and are going to be represented in the process. 
We all know Minnesota does this wonderful job. We love to pat ourselves on the back about voter turnout for Minnesota. But nationwide, it's yeah. not a high number. Yeah. And so anything that gets more people involved and allows more people involved creates more opportunity, more time. I don't see the downside. I really, really don't. 651-461-9226. Lots of text. I'll talk about what the real value of this primary early voting is. And it's not exactly, well, I bet it's going to make some of you guys upset. We'll talk about it next on CCO. Brian says he voted early four years ago for Amy Klobuchar and she withdrew from the race the day before election. So I feel like I wasted my vote. Yeah. Another texter, though, says, isn't the point of all our modern conveniences and technological upgrades to make life and tasks more convenient? I don't like early voting, and I especially don't like voting this early. Maybe we need, like, maybe we need a line, right? Early voting and, like, super early voting and then super early, super Early, duper, voting. Too early. It's too early. Who knows which of these candidates are going to be in the race? Now, now, when you're talking about the presidential race, again, I don't like pulling the trigger that early. Because what if you find something out the week of the election or the day before the election? But I understand that most people have made up their mind. So I would say if you had an early voting window of, you know, one month, one month, isn't that enough? 651-461-9226. Lots of text. Some saying that I'm wrong in uh, the 12-hour shift. Nurses, medical staff, first responders work 12-hour shifts. By law in Minnesota, if you're working, you can leave work with pay. To vote Now, are there practical challenges with that? Like, is your boss a jerkwad and not going to let you leave? Maybe. If that happens, I want all of you to text me on Election Day, and we will publicly shame every company that doesn't let you leave. I mean, I've worked in TV newsrooms where, you know, people are busy and you got daily deadlines and hourly deadlines and people are allowed to leave to go vote. Most bosses are not going to be a problem with that. There are people who live up north. Polls are not open when they leave for work and close when they get home. I am not against absentee voting. And I am also not one who thinks like you should need to make an excuse. Right? So if, if you have a reason that you can't vote on election day. Uh, fine. But today is January 19th. Is there any good reason that someone needs to vote in the month of January for Super Tuesday, which is coming in March? So it's not so much that people want to vote before election day. It's how far in front of election day that you're upset about is what I'm hearing. It's is- both, but I'm saving my other argument for when we get closer. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because if you're okay with absentee yeah. voting and people don't have to give an excuse, that's early voting. It is early voting. It's essentially the same thing. Right. So th- it's a mindset difference, though. If you 
you don't have to provide your excuse to government, but I do think you should have some sort of reason. Yeah, for you know, I, I've come around on the fact that like we as a society want easier paths to do things because we don't like doing anything that takes work. And so voting for many people is sort of a discretionary thing in between getting groceries and taking your kids to school and dropping them off at daycare and whatever. Like people's lives are busy. Like I acknowledge that. I think that you should be willing to do something a little hard to vote. And I also think the overall purpose of getting more people who do want to vote, the ability to vote is good. So I've come around on like the no excuse absentee voting. Sure. The truth is, like, somehow we were able to have people who wanted to vote show up on Election Day for the history of this country. And what is it about people in the year 2000 plus that we just can't imagine how we could possibly show up? 10,000 reasons why we can't show up. We were also able to perfectly uh, go about our day, you know, taking care of certain biological needs with an outhouse too. It doesn't mean we didn't at some point go, hey, indoor plumbing would be a good idea. We're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to make things easy. Making something easier doesn't make it less valuable, I don't think. So what? if if in this case, making this easier brings more people into the process, so then make, you would agree with that premise, right? That more people participating in the process is a good so thing. So why do we have a day? Why do we have election day? Why don't we make it a week? Our voting booths are open for one week. Come in this week and vote. I'm not saying we can't. I mean, you'd, I guess having the election judges might be a that challenge. Could be. Could be. But again, you know, technology makes up for a lot of that. Yeah. I, I, but you would agree with that basic premise, correct? The more people who are involved in the process, the better, the, the better it is for democracy. Or do, you want, or do you want a, you want a polling test? You want people to have no, to no, 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 no. Pass a certain level. If of you care right. enough to vote, you should vote. Be, you vote. Right. I am not one that thinks you're a bad person if you don't vote. I think if you don't vote, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you made a choice to not get educated, and you don't want to cancel out someone else's vote. Right. I'm not saying poll. I'm, like, no I'm point, not for that. But no, I no agree point, with you. Yeah. Like. It's not compulsory. No, and I like automatic sign-up at driver's license. Like, I'm not – I want younger people to vote. I'm not one of these guys who – like, the crazy, like, Vivac idea that we should raise the voting age and have – like, I'm – I want access. And I – I just think you could show up on the day. Is it that dang hard to show up on the day? And if it is – I mean, based on our textures, there are certainly people that are. And and I know you understand. I don't know if – are these people really having problems showing up or are they giving the story of the example of the person who maybe has challenged? Most people still vote on the day. Right. Most most people do. Even with early voting, most people still vote on the day. So where – again, I fail to see the harm is really the thing. Well, the harm is that you have no interest in the voting public – on learning more about the candidates. They're just voting party. They're voting whatever name they decide. Because how could you possibly today know? Because so many questions haven't been asked of these candidates. We don't know what they think about all sorts of stuff. That's what I think. I think what I think. Stop reasoning with me, Cook. It's 332. <laughs> it's disgusting.
Who asked for your lodger? <laughs> All of these excuses. You guys got to toughen up on the text line. Just show up one day. And whatever you do, stay off of his lawn. <laughs> All right. The medical people, all of you guys can vote early. Healthcare heroes, show up. My gosh. <laughs> you guys can graduate medical school, but you can't freaking show up on election day. I can't figure it out. I don't know. How do I even get there? All right. We'll stop. <laughs> Heather Brown. Heather Brown, is she ready to take this attitude that I have on a Friday? She answered her last good question on WCCO TV last night. We'll talk to Heather in a minute on CC. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dan, you have been scouring the Internet, the news wires. For disasters, and then you're going to make us feel better with puppies. But let's tear us down first. Yeah, we got to go low before. Disaster number one. Disaster number one, uh, the latest uh, moon lander from the United States, Mm -hmm. crashed over the Pacific Ocean today. Burnt up to a crisp. Uh, Peregrine one, it was called, suffered a propulsion fault that scuppered. That's a great word. Uh, That's good. Highly underused word. Scuppered any prospect of a lunar touchdown and was commanded to destroy itself instead. The private operator, Pittsburgh-based Astrobotic, directed the craft into Earth's atmosphere to burn up. A tracking station in Canberra, Australia, confirmed the loss of signal with Peregrine at 2059 GMT. Little or no remains of the Peregrine were expected to survive intact to the ocean surface. And even if they did, they should have impacted far away from any population. Astrobiotic's goal had been to deliver five NASA instruments to the moon's surface to study the local environment ahead of the return of astronauts this decade, Mm. but Astrobotic's mission was in trouble almost as soon as it came off the top of its launch rocket on January 8th. It can, though, console itself with what it did manage to accomplish in difficult circumstances by continuing to operate Peregrine in space for more than 10 days. One of the engineers said, space exploration is a learning game, especially at this stage, and we shouldn't look at this as a failure. We should look at this Uh, as an incredible engineering success. Oh, yes, yes. That's like when Elon's rocket spun out of control and blew up and they were all cheering. Well, you have to fail sometimes to learn. I guess. The real real disaster here is that part of the payload of this thing was the remains of five people that were going to be living forever on the moon and now got burnt up in the cinders. Yeah, they were burnt up anyway. Well, I mean, that's true, but. That's a, a bummer. It's a bummer. Yes, it is. Disaster number two. Mm. This story happens every year, and I'm not going to lie. It amuses me every year that we do it. I'm sorry. It just does. Yes, Jason. Mm-hmm. Falling iguanas are in the forecast oh, once again in Florida. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I knew it. I love this story. Some of the brutal cold that's enveloped most of the nation recently will finally make its way to South Florida this weekend 
where temperatures could dip into the low 40s. A chilly reading in that subtropical climate, of course. The cold blast could immobilize iguanas and cause them to fall out of the trees. Here's the sound effect. Go. That's an iguana falling out of the tree right there. You're very welcome. (laughs) The lizards start getting sluggish in temperatures below 50 degrees and are known to, quote, freeze when temperatures dip into the 30s and 40s, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. See, now, you you know, you're all funny with the sound effects. And then we're going down to Fort Myers in a month, and if it gets cold and an iguana falls on your head, you're not going to be so so funny, are you? Falling iguanas. I love it. Still pretty funny. It's still pretty good. It's just yeah. funny. Yeah. That doesn't hurt the iguana. I mean, no, they're fine. And where they fall, I well, guess. Well, they, they can cause problems if they fall, like on your dog. Well, that's just what I'm saying. It depends on yeah. where they fall. But I mean, yeah. iguanas. But generally, the iguanas. Be be I do wish I lived in Florida because it would be awesome to be like a local news person and you're like, we're under a falling iguana alert tonight. <laughs> Winter weather falling iguana warning. Would you think they'd send somebody out to stand under a tree that you know, normally has iguanas <laughs> in it? Hope <laughs> the iguana they could catch. Yes. Them. Oh, I hope Iguanas so. falling. Uh, Jason, disaster number three. Okay. Drinkers of Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Bush, and Stella Artois might have to test another brand. Quote: Without a contract by February 29th, there won't be any beer come March. <laughs> What? According to the Teamsters Union, which represents 5,000 workers. That is true. That's a big issue. 5,000 workers at 12 Anheuser-Busch breweries in 11 states. Yeah. Workers are now demanding higher wage increases as well as improved pension contributions and job security assurances. The union says Anheuser-Busch hasn't returned to the negotiating table since November 16th, two months after bargaining began when workers refused to budge on job security. Quote, Anheuser-Busch's executives can't get their act together to negotiate an agreement that respects workers. We will see them out in the streets. Yeah! Says Teamsters President Sean O'Brien. I don't think we brew any uh, AB here. No. No, but if you're a fan of any of those brands. Yeah, you get Stock up, baby, because you don't know. Very, uh, that is, that would be a disaster. It would be a disaster for sure. It would indeed. Especially ahead of the Super Bowl. So we had iguanas falling. Yeah. We have Moonlanders crashing, and uh, no Bud Light nope. for you potentially. Nope, nope. So you know what we need, Jason. You know what that means. Yeah, it's time for some puppies. Aw, I I need a puppy. Yeah, we'll see what you say when you get done. Because you oh. always you know, you're you're happy go lucky, and then I start to, then I do the puppy story, and then you're bagging on it the whole time. Well, so. we'll see what it is, All and right. then I'll decide. <laughs> this is a story out of Tempe, Arizona, at the Lost Our Home Pet Rescue. All was sound in the middle of the night until one of the rescue dogs. Literal. Literal name of the pet rescue. Yeah. All right. One of the dogs named King decided it was enough. That enough was enough. (laughs) The alarm went off. It was like, you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I immediately looked to see what was going on and couldn't find anything happening. And then I saw the mess and it was like, oh, my God, Mm. said Lost Our Home Pet Rescue founder Jody Polanski. That oh my was footage of King breaking out of his kennel <laughs> and even trying to get his friends out to join the party. Sure. After managing to open a closed door, King decided he needed some food and drinks, which of course made yeah. a little bit of a mess. King was eventually busted by a Tempe police officer. <laughs> the police actually came because he set the alarm off and it kept going off over and over again. Nicknamed as Mr. Clean, the Tempe officer who wishes to remain anonymous got King back into his bed and ended up cleaning up the aftermath of the dog's festivities. The owner said she was looking at the footage the next morning 
And he's like, I'm like, how is that possible? I had no idea the officer was going to clean up, and I saw it, and I was just like, wow, amazing man that he did that. <laughs> a night that King won't forget, and surely the police officer won't either. The Lost Our Home Pet Rescue says they're also in need for large dog fosters. <laughs> you really King, have to. Throw it a party. Yeah. Throw it a rager. The, the video of this. You go, King. That they posted on their Facebook page, the yeah. Lost Our Home, is it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. I had a dog, uh, Baxter, who is also an escape artist. Yeah. We had to put, like, clips on on the kennel because he would use his nose to, like, open the door. Smart dog. Smart dog. Yeah. That's the thing about smart dogs. Tough. Tough right. for the owner. That's right. <laughs> it's like smart children. It's all the same thing. Challenging. We, yeah, challenging. That's three disasters in puppies, Jason. Very nice, Dan. Excellent stuff. Thank you. Heather Brown. You know, I did a segment. I don't know if you ever heard of this. I did a segment called Good Question uh, on Channel 4 a long time ago now. It's been more than 10 years since I did a Good Question. And Heather has been doing these segments on the 10 o'clock news uh, ever since, starting in 2013. Last night was her last one. She'll join us in just a minute to talk about why the change is happening and what her favorites were. Stick around here on CCO. There are two people in the world who have heard me rant about early voting before. Dan Cook got really uh, maybe an amped up version of how I started the show. And Heather Brown had to sit next to me on the anchor desk and hear me complain about why people can't show up and vote on Election Day for, for many years. Heather now only has to hear it uh hear me ranting about the same thing she's been hearing for years uh, when she listens to this show. Uh, And the beauty is she can turn it off real fast. Hi, Heather. Uh, Hi, Jason. Oh, early voting is the very least, the very least of all the things. (laughs) (laughs) You you could make a list. What (laughs) sets Jason off? Go like, yeah, that you, you've got them all. Uh, you've been cleansed oh of that for a year and a half. So, uh, oh my gosh! Hey, I got to tell you something. Today, three years ago today, was my first day on the anchor desk with you, starting at five a.m. Oh my gosh! Wow! No, they just popped up in Crazy. my Facebook memories. Heather, last night you did your last uh, good question on TV for Channel Four. Congratulations! Your run you. on that segment has been unbelievable. Ten years of of doing good questions. Yes, ten years, a full decade. So what were you, six years? What was it been, two years? I mean, it's a long time. I don't know of a segment also in a local news station that has lasted that long. I I just want to say two men combined still could not equal uh, your longevity in this segment. (laughs) So. Now, is that crazy? Now, I don't know what that says about me. But. <laughs> well, I, I give you so much credit because I, I know the pressure I felt taking that segment when I followed Ben. And, you know, Ben is at CBS News now. And then for you to take it over after it had been around so long. But you really, I think, made it better and made it your own and made it smarter. And I just think that's so hard. Like that, that really is an amazing achievement. Oh, thank you. And I don't know that I made it better because you, you and Ben were pretty darn good. I just made it a little a little different. Um, and I, that's what I love about it, too, is that we each have our own. We each had our own unique styles. And then the new people that are taking it on, they have their own unique style, too. It's so 
the opportunity of good question is so awesome, right? We get to basically answer questions that people who are super curious want to know about and Minnesotans want to know about and do with it what you will. And we did. And I just, I was just super grateful for the opportunity. Favorite, your favorite one was? Where, uh, how do water towers work? Yeah. Do you remember that one? I do. I don't know if you remember that. I do. So, so this one, as you remember fondly of getting all the good question emails to your email box, you do remember that this was a very popular one. And in the effort to do it differently, I thought, well, of course we should climb all the way to the top of the water tower. (laughs) Now, what I had to do was convince the city that that was also a good idea. Thankfully, the wonderful folks at the city of Egan agreed and allowed us to do that story. (laughs) It's so good. It was so good. You go. I remember when you did that and we were like, oh, my gosh, she's climbing up the water tower. It was. So I was good. so sweaty when I got to the top. I it was it took twenty minutes to climb one hundred and eighty feet because you had to use these like clips to get up there as a safety issue. Oh my gosh! Now you're not you're not leaving Channel Four. You're not leaving the mornings, but you have been doing like triple duty for all these years. But but people yeah. will be able to watch you a little longer in the mornings now, right? Yes, yes. So as you've been watching, if you're a morning fan, you'll know that we have slowly been expanding our morning news. So now, you know, just at the start of the new year, we are now, you can go all the way from seven till eight on our streaming service, the CBS News Minnesota. So we're going straight from five to eight. You know, I think there's there would be plans to continue it even more down the road. But, you know, that's a long, that's a long <laughs> time. It's a lot. To be doing that, to focus your energies there. And it was at the point where, I felt, okay, it's it's okay to say goodbye to good question. It was emotional. It was kind of bittersweet. I know it was the same for you, too, when you yeah. moved to the morning roll. Um, but Heather, we're, we're, almost out of, we're almost out of time. Give us one more uh, good question. Uh, why do kids wear shorts in the winter? No, say it. Good question. Oh, oh, that's a good question. There you go. Thanks, Heather. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.